A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll and home of our favorite joke teller, Duff McKagan, and the patented, highly anticipated joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, listen, I'm just about to uh, have a power smoothie with Sue here, you know, which reminds me, uh, what do you call friends you like to eat with? What do you call friends you like to eat with? Taste buds. Thank you very much. Goodbye. All right. That was a good one. Actually, uh, probably told that one when I was eight years old, but thanks to Duff and, and drinking power smoothies to get even funnier. And Duff is getting in shape as well to hit the road with Guns N' Roses starting June 1st in Abu Dhabi and have dates in Europe and North America, including the huge Power Trip Festival this October near Palm Springs, California, Indio to be exact. They're headlining Friday night along with Iron Maiden, then ACDC and Ozzy on Saturday, Metallica and Tool on Sunday. It's like the greatest lineup ever. Fozzy back on the road as well. The shows have been amazing. So many sellouts and great crowds. Thanks for coming out to rock with us. We're taking a few more days off before we start up again. April 13th in Charlotte. And then, of course, we're coming to the West Coast as well. May 4th in Los Angeles with Ugly Kid Joe, as well as shows in Las Vegas, Albuquerque, Houston, Dallas, Tampa, the full list and all ticket information for all Fozzie gigs at FozzieRock.com. We still got some uh, tickets available to the VIP meet and greet. One of the best in the business. We meet up with you, take pictures, sign autographs, play a private concert for you, answer questions, whatever you want. We do it. FozzieRock.com. We will see you on the road. All right. Today on the show, it's the return of the classic album clash. And only for the second time in history of Talk is Jericho and the CAC, we actually have a member of the band joining the debate. We're doing Blood Good today, and Blood Good singer Les Carlson returns to Talk is Jericho for the third time, as well as Light the Torch singer Howard Jones, former Kill Switch Engaged, and of course Brian Head Welsh of Corn. Uh, Brian's a big Christian metal fan, as is Howard, as am I, and he's making his talk as Jericho debut. The four of us are putting Blood Goods' uh, 1989 classic, Out of the Darkness, 
up against 1988's Rock and Hard Place. We discuss the artwork, production, songwriting, and performances, and Les also shares some great behind-the-scenes stories with the making of each album, the creative process, where they got the ideas, and of course, we do the traditional track-by-track debate. At the end, we pick our favorite of the two records. We pay tribute to Michael Bloodgood, of course, and like every classic album clash, there are some definite surprises along the way, even an unexpected vote or two in the end. If you haven't heard of these records or heard Bloodgood, it's still a great listen. I had an awesome time with Howard. He's always such a blast. Head is hilarious. And of course, Les is a true rock and roll brother and a very good friend of mine. Super nice. Great guy. That's why you should check out Les's new solo record, which is out now. It's called He's Coming. It's a great record. You'll love the music and the riffs if you like Bloodgood. Les is one of my favorite rock and roll singers, one of the greatest singers, not just in Christian metal history, but in heavy metal history. So go check out He's Coming at LesCarlsonMusic.com. Of course, it's on Spotify. Everywhere else you listen to great music, as is Out of the Darkness and Rock and a Hard Place. So check all three out. And right now we go on a deep dive. The classic album Clash with Bloodgood, with Howard Jones, Les Carlson, and Ed Welch. Right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right. So another uh, award-winning edition of the classic album Clash. And for the, uh, the only the second time ever... We're doing Blood Good, and we actually have a member of the band here to join the Classic Album Clash. The first one was Anthrax. We did uh, Among the Living versus Spreading Disease with Scott and Charlie. And now we've got Blood Good, Out of the Darkness versus Rock and a Hard Place with Blood Good lead singer Les Carlson. Hey. And of course, Howard Jones, my Christian metal brother, and Brian Welch, head, if you will, from Corn. So we're all. Blood Good fans for, for different reasons and various reasons. And I want to start with just one thing. Last year, we came and saw Blood Good live in concert in Versailles, Ohio. Howard, how excited were you to meet Les Carlson at that show? It was a blast, man. It, number one, Les is just a great guy. Number two, it, it's it's this rewind on my childhood. And, <laughs> and so, it yeah, it was, it was this thing where I was just like kind of speechless. I'm like, this is part of how I got formed into doing heavy music was listening to the, this, that time period shaped me. So yeah, it was, this was a great wow. thing for me. The first night I ever met Les in Bakersfield at a restaurant, Brian, you were there as well. How did you and Les become friends? And and you're obviously a big blood good fan as well. I met Les doing a speaking engagement in Fresno and he was the one that interviewed me. And I had heard of Blood Good before. I never got into the music back then. I was one of those kids that like, just ate up everything mainstream. I had no depth to me. I was like, Motley Crue, cool. Rat, cool. Uh, Striper, cool. You know, anything that was on MTV. So I didn't go deeper, which I regret now. But uh, yeah, Les, me and uh, Les and Joyce and some others just hit it off and we stayed in contact. And uh, yeah, that's it. So Les, I mean, obviously one of the, the great things about being in Bloodgood, and you are a Christian heavy metal pioneer. I put you right up there with Michael Sweet as far as a guy who's influenced my life in a very positive way with your music and then getting to know you. Michael's a good friend of mine. Les has become a dear friend of mine and Joyce as well. Is it cool for you when you get this like three different types of guys from three different parts of the world and we're all together kind of united because of you and Bloodgood? Does that ever um, stop getting old? Does that ever Never. get old for you? No. I, I mean, this is really, guys, this is surreal for me because to to hear talent like like you guys and to know that you actually were fans of Bloodgood and, and, and then to, to hear comments from Brian 
kind of hearing things for the first time. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good for my heart, you know, makes me feel like I did something. And, and before we get into the records, obviously your new solo record, uh, He's Coming, is out. I just heard Scars again the other day, one of my all-time favorite Les Carlson songs. And cool. It, you know, it's basically a blood good song, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's a great new record. I really uh, dig it. I think all, the, all of us here on the panel dig it as well. So everybody who's listening to this, please go check out He's Coming. If you haven't heard it yet, you should. If you've never heard of Blood Good and you're just listening to this uh, for the first time, all of these records we're going to discuss are classics, not just because they're Christian metal, because they're just great songs. And he's coming definitely fits into that vibe. Are you happy with uh, everything that's been going on with with your so- your first solo record? I'm totally happy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and uh, I had so much fun doing that video on River, and River's my granddaughter, and uh, it's just uh, just a real cool uh, video. The guy that produced it, CG Reich, is from Iron Wrath, and. Uh, and he's just so talented, so sensitive, and brings a lot to to my music and visual makes it visualized in a way that uh, kind of draws you in. So, yeah, I'm really pleased. And shout out, dude! Shout out to Joyce on that last track. She killed it. Have on the mercy, last track, right? What a way! You know, it's like <laughs> yep. I was thinking. Let's release that as the <laughs> <Thank> single. <you. laughs> yeah, she's right there. Yes, she's always by my side. That was amazing. <laughs> Well, it's a great record, and we're going to be talking about two other great records from Les's storied career. Howard, do you remember when you first heard of Blood Good? I'm like a little bit fuzzy on exact details. I just remember when I first really got into it was, I believe, 91, and I saw you guys at a Cornerstone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cornerstone Christian Festival. I saw you there, but that's, but I, it may have been earlier. Because I also saw you at the King's Place in Middlesbrough, yeah. <laughs> Ohio. So I saw you guys, I think, a total of three different times back then. But it was at uh, Cornerstone is when I finally, like, really took the deep yeah, dive wow. into, into Bloodgood. How old were you? How old were, were you at I, that time? That to me, so 91, I was 20. Yeah, that summer I was uh, 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit later. So I, I discovered Bloodgood. Um, I was a big fan of Christian heavy metal via Striper. Striper was kind of the gateway. And then at the time, as Howard and I discussed on a daily basis in our Christian heavy metal text group <laughs> with, with Richard Christie uh, from the Howard Stern Show, we got to give Richard a shout out. What's up, Richard? Started finding all of these great bands and, and Baron Cross was there and, and, and White Cross was there, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember there was a magazine called Ardshock America. And Ardshock was, I think, a, a Danish heavy metal magazine they made an american version and i read the review for detonation which is blood good's second record and just the whole concept of, i just love the name blood good like what a great <laughs> yeah, perfect heavy metal name and a great christian metal name because the blood is good and the fact it was really his last name i was like come on yeah like you're destined to be in a christian <laughs> metal band if your last name is blood good right and so then I bought Detonation, and then lo and behold, at the Christian, because uh, back then you had to go to a, a Christian bookstore to yep. buy Christian heavy metal, right? If you remember those, oh yeah, where um yeah you would go in there, they sell Bibles and you know Christian books, and at the back there'd be the Christian music section, and then there was the Christian heavy metal section. So I bought I bought Detonation, and then also too there was a poster of uh, coming to town, coming to Winnipeg, which is where I grew up. 
blood good. I couldn't believe it at the Saints roller rink at a roller skating rink. Unless <laughs> knows the story. And so I, I bought two tickets at the Christian heavy metal bookstore, took my friend, and we went and saw Blood Good at the Saints roller skating rink in 1987. And all of us were like on the floor. Like there's no, like you're kind of just like sitting oh, on the floor. And there was no stage. Like, no, no stage. Because there's no stage. No stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So that was kind of how I got it. I got into the band. Now, Brian, you mentioned that you're kind of a late bloomer when it comes to Blood Good. When did you first uh, start actually listening to the band? I mean, I had heard about them back in the day and i haven't known much about them uh i checked them out when i met less after i met less that's it because i wasn't like wow. i didn't grow up christian i wasn't i let striper in just because they're mainstream but like i didn't I, MTV, I wouldn't yeah. go to a christian i wouldn't go to a church i wouldn't go to a christian store no, none of that back in the day just because i don't know where i was from in california it was kind of mocked back then because of because yeah. of the TBNs, because of the weird stuff going on, you know, that's all we knew about it. So none of my friends grew up in, in that, you know, and so right. that was it. And, um, yeah, just hearing, hearing less tell stories and, and but I, I did hear about them back in the day and I don't know why I didn't venture down that road, but guess it wasn't meant to be, but I missed out on a lot because these two records, you know, are really good and, there's yeah. some good songs. You yep. know, I would have just ate them up when I was a kid. If I would have opened my mind up and, and just let them in, it stands right up there with, you know, some of the best stuff back in the day. Wow. You're really right. Because I, I remember like Christian metal, they had a little bit of a stigma to it because it was Christian, but I, I listened, I, I was obviously Iron Maiden, probably my all time favorite band and Metallica and you know, everything that everyone else listened to. But then I also would come, Hey, check out this. Baron Cross sounds like Iron Maiden. Check out Bloodgood. It doesn't. It just sounds great, or whatever it was. Like I would interject a Christian song here and there, so people go, oh, "This is pretty cool." Yeah, it's a Christian heavy metal band. Well, I, you know, I don't care about the lyrics, but the music is great. And that was always the case. Great players in Striper. Great players in in Baron Cross. Great players, obviously, in Bloodgood. And singing wise, Les might be the best singer out of all of them. So where were you guys at in 1988, Les? Because uh, uh, Rock and Hard Place is 1988. Out of the Darkness is 1989. Uh, Rock and Hard Place is your third record. And where was the band at this point? Did you have some momentum going? Were you treading water? Where were you guys at at this point? Well, we, we had toured quite a bit with uh, Blood Good and Detonation. So we were out there in the RV with the, the uh, you know, we slept in the RV and lived in the RV. Did a lot of touring. And there were not a lot of places that, really hired or, or were, there was no uh, circuit for Christian metal, obviously. And so we just played a lot of places. We were kind of trailblazers, you know, on that circuit. But at the time we were doing Rock in a Hard Place, we had toured quite a bit. We were really tight. You know, we'd been on the road quite a bit. And uh, Whitesnake, I believe, was out at the time and they were getting a lot of airplay. So we thought, you know, uh, Maybe we should kind of do something that's more radio oriented. And, um, so we did. We, Rock and a Hard Place was really different than everything else. I think the record company went, Oh man, wh what's this? You know? And, uh, <laughs> but we were, we were trying to get some radio airplay because we weren't getting any, any respect anywhere else. You know, we thought, well, maybe we could get on the radio. As a matter of fact, she's gone. 
got on the radio up in the Northwest on uh, one of the rock stations and uh, did pretty good. But we were mostly in Seattle doing that at the time at Bear Creek Studio. We had a producer named Terry Shelton and he came in. He was like, you know, this guy that would, he sort of just got us all in line and, and, uh, you know, made us act like schoolboys kind of thing, which the, the guys in the band were going like, wow, he's really heavy handed. But I'd already done albums and I'd worked in the world secular business and stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, just let me do my thing when it's time. But he was beating them up left and right. You know, you, you saw it in the movie, right? You know, right, the yeah, you, yeah. you want to hit your sticks? You know, you were, he was just all <laughs> over the band to get the basic tracks real solid. And he was really, really helpful, actually, in that regard. And uh, Joyce was, uh, she was in Salsa at that time while I was doing Rock and Hard Place and uh, the album. But at that time, we did, we did Stand in the Light which was with David and Les, Michael and Mark Welling. And it was mostly rock and hard place. And it was videotaped. And it was the year before rock theater when we had Paul and Kevin. And it's crazy that we're doing these two albums because we have those comparisons, you know, between the right. guitar players and the drummers. But we actually did a, a, a thing called Stand in the Light. And it was a version of the rock theater show before David left and before Mark mm. left. So that's, you know, maybe that'll be released someday. But anyway, and it was mostly the rock and hard place stuff live. And it really was recorded real well because the sound man out front was Fred Macera, who has just recently passed away, but he was a sound man for Great White. And he was great at what he did and got a nice recording of us live. So, and then after that, we did rock theater, which opened with Out of the Darkness. Bloodgood was a very theatrical band. And if you guys are, are, are listening and haven't seen rock theater, you can find it on YouTube. It's a great spectacle of just very, it's a very much of a Broadway-esque show with this great music uh, over top of it. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. 
but let's talk about the album covers, Rock in a Hard Place versus uh, out, out of the Darkness. Now, you mentioned the radio play for Rock in a Hard Place. As soon as I saw the cover, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's the band on the cover, and they've all gotten haircuts. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> what? Uh, I'll never forget. Yes, they, you guys all have haircuts. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, your your hair is all styled. Oh yes, very nice. Mark Welling has a has a cut over his ears. He's got the little mullet. Uh, so there's a little bit of a you can see there's a little bit of a, of a fashion upgrade <laughs> I, with the band. Yeah. Maybe we thought we were becoming rock stars or something. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa, wow! Got to check out our image. And then out of the darkness is just kind of like this weird blurby like kind of logo. Like, I'm not sure exactly what it is. What exactly is there? There's, there's some steel wings there. Or is it? Yeah. What's going on on the cover of uh, Out of the Darkness? I don't even know that if I was awake at that time. <laughs> I, I look at that. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, that was probably my least favorite cover. I mean, I don't know. It, it, you know, I don't. What were we saying here? I don't know. Just lead singer, and I wrote a few songs. I don't. I didn't have much. Yeah. No, I. I don't really remember that album because it's not. A cover because it's not that memorable it's not howard what do you think of the uh, two covers here the one that he just says not that memorable that's the one that i saw the most because i gotta God. give a shout out to <laughs> i gotta give a shout out to my friend jeremy back in ohio because he's the guy that turned me on to heavy music and still friends to this day but yeah he's the one to introduce me to all of this stuff including you guys so I always saw it, and then when I finally listened and saw you guys, then, yeah, that changed everything. But, yeah, I had no idea what that was. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> well, it, I guess Brian, it kind of looks like a like a, an Egyptian sort of headpiece, and we're coming out of the darkness. I, I don't know. What do you think, Head, about these two covers? I like Rock in the Hard Place yeah. with, the, with, with the haircuts. <laughs> Oh yeah! yeah. It, come on, it's a moment in time. You get to see the guys. Come on, that's money. Yeah, I think it <laughs> looks more money. modern. I like yeah. the red. You know, it was it was perfectly fashionable at the time, and and I think the other one looked a little bit, I don't know, cheap a little bit, but yeah, it is yeah. eighty. Yeah, so back then, it might less not looked ch cheap. Just now, looking at it, I just wanted to choose. The, uh, the, the, yeah, Rock on the Hard Place. Yeah, okay, cool. Which is funny because the Detonation album cover is super cool. That one's like, awesome. one of my all-time favorites. It's yep. a great album cover. What year you was always that? Wonder, that was uh, 85, 86. Really? 86, uh, 87. 87, 87. Okay, there you go, right. I think it was 87. So back in those days, Les, did you guys even have any say in the album covers? Was there like band meetings of like, here's the cover? Or were they just like, would the record company just put it out? And this is going to be great. You're going to love it. Here's your cover. Well, you know what? When we saw when we saw Detonation, we we just went like you guys. Wow! I mean, that was just yeah, that's a great. It was perfect. Oh, that's a badass. Cover. It yeah. is, man. I yeah. love that. It's badass, and and the wow. the costumes with the feathers, <laughs> and this is before PETA. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of dead animals wrapped on us, and. Uh, it was like our thing was we, we had gone into the castle of the evil, you know, guitar player and blew up his stuff. You know, we detonated the whole thing and we're running out the nice, back. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it was cool. And we were very confident and on fire. That album was great because we literally produced it ourselves. You know, we kind of said, record company, let us do our thing. 
And we rented a warehouse and set up on a stage and started from scratch. We came up with Detonation. Didn't have any outside production producers. It was all us. And it turned out to be a big seller. So it was cool. That's awesome. Wow. And that's why we we didn't do uh, Detonation versus the self-titled first album, because Detonation is, in my opinion, so much better. But these two albums are a little bit more comparable. So let's get into it okay. here. The track-by-track track debate. Uh, starting off, uh, once again, Rockin' Hard Place, 1988. Out of the Darkness, the year later, 89. Shaking It versus the self-titled title track, Out of the Darkness. Howard, why don't you start off and give us your thoughts on these two songs? Both good lead-offs. Yeah, uh, Shaking It sounds like a lead-off song. It's like, that's the one you're going with, which is what made it strange for me with Out of the Darkness because it it, it has a complete different vibe than, uh, than Shaking It. And... That's one thing I'm going to go ahead and say. Going into this, I thought I liked one album more. At the end of this, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> That's always the way it goes with these classic album clashes. Yeah, totally. That totally happened to me. Awesome. Yeah, for me, I don't, I don't know if you're asking that yet, but for me, um, it, Out of the Darkness is just, oh, yeah, that that one just hits me in my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Shaking it. It's like I said, they're good songs. They're, these are perfect songs to lead off with. And just out of the darkness was so much more, it was different and it, it actually had a darker vibe to it. And I, I just leaned into that one. What do you think, Brian? Man, I felt rocking the hard place was my favorite, but here's the thing. Exactly what Howard said happened. When I started listening, I was like rocking the hard place. I'm more of a melody guy. I felt more melody. And then it shifted about halfway through the songs I started picking out of the darkness. I was like, oh, these songs. So at the end of my experiment, if you will, I put stars on every uh, which songs I liked the best. And in the middle, I chose, I had a tie. And I didn't know I did it, but there's, there's exactly the same amount of points on each album. Wow. <laughs> what, about, what about for the first track, for, for, for Shaking It versus Out of the Darkness? I'm, I'm choosing Shaking, definitely Shaking It, sorry. Uh, bluesy, it's, it's, the production I felt is a little better, and I like the bluesiness of it and uh, the double harmony solo. And the, you know what won me over is the breakdown. I just, I didn't expect yeah. the, the breakdown, you know? And yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I got to go with shaking it as well. Um, I, I think and this is not a bad thing, but I think Out of the Darkness is a little bit more stock 80s heavy metal, which is like we need an opening track. Let's put some double bass down and do like a band to get to get a dance, like whatever. We're shaking it has a little bit of a groove to it. And one of my all time favorite lyrics, not just from Blood Good, but from any band he should have tightened up his Bible belt. <laughs> what a great lyric, man. I, I knew that was that is, a, that is a great effing lyric. I'm like, I remember hearing that going, that is, that's something that Ozzy would say. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the record company was really like, they were like, hey, you shouldn't say that about him. Was that about Jimmy Swaggart or was that who it was? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely inspired. And uh, they were like, well, I don't know if we can release that lyric. And I'm going, well, come <laughs> so on. Good. Come on. You got it. And knowing less as a as a person now, it's a very Les Carlson style humor as well. It's, it's very funny. It's very well done. What do you think, Les? What are your thoughts on the two songs? Well, I'm I'm with you guys. They're, they are actually two different. I mean, uh, we were in two different places, obviously. Mark and David played on Rock and Hard Place, 
out of the darkness was Kevin Whistler and uh, Paul Jackson. So, and David had just left and Michael and I were going like, oh my gosh, we got to, we got to write the whole album without David. And so, you know, Rockin' Hard Place was a combination of David and I and, and, uh, Mike and also Paul Jackson wrote in that. But, um, out of the darkness, Mike and I were like, uh, okay, we gotta, we gotta become this, you know, duet writing team and make it happen. So. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, different. One was in a studio. The other one out of the darkness was done in, uh, uh, the producer's home. He had set up a studio, but I, I, I liked them both and they both bring, bring great memories, but totally different records, I think. So shaking it is your, is your favorite out of the two? Well, you have to choose one. That's the rule. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. I liked shaking it because of the reason that Brian said, I like the, I like to sing yeah. the bluesy rock stuff. It's just so much fun to sing. And out of the darkness was so much work <laughs> to sing. <laughs> Cause I was singing oh, yeah. live. I was singing the lead and the background answers. Cause I was, you know, a- I was able to do it, but oh my gosh, it was hard work. Thanks, oh, wow. Michael. Yeah. Th- thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those listening, uh, Michael is no longer with us and Kevin Whistler no longer with us. So there's a couple of fallen brothers that we're remembering here as great players. And once again, both of these albums are great, but we just have some fun in choosing which song we like better today. It could change tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Les, why don't you stay with us and uh, never be the same versus Let My People Go. Both great tunes. Both great tunes. Okay. We'll never be the same. We closed every night with yeah. that song just because it, it is, it's just got the feel. It's totally cool. I mean, it's got a big chorus to a great guitar solo. It was just fun to do. It's one of Michael's tunes. And, and so I, I'm just going to say I like Never Be the Same a lot. I just love the song. Let My People Go was, uh, you know, more Steve Martin. <laughs> Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> no, no, it was, no, it was the Moses story, you know. Let My People Go. But, you know, in the church, a lot of people were talking about how the you know, that it's evil. It's in the beat. You can feel the evilness in the beat of rock and roll. I'm like, no, come on. The devil doesn't hide in the beat, okay? The beat doesn't have any spiritual aspect to it. Boom, you know? But uh, but my favorite would be Never Be the Same. But less people were so crazy back then when it came to Christian metal bands. Like, you have a great yeah. quote in, in the documentary, which is available now for streaming. Everyone should go check it out, where you said, when Blood Kid came to town... The Christians were protesting. They were fasting and praying. Yeah, fasting and praying. And when Blood came down, the Satanists were fasting and praying. Like, everyone's pissed off. 
when you come to town. Yeah. <laughs> Good place to be. Dude, we got that in corn. We got that in corn right. our whole career. That makes sense. Yeah. The blood good <laughs> yeah. does not make sense. I just like Man, Christians just they they eat their own. Man, they just it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you, but like God you said, but but that blood good brought people to the Lord. Like I, I'm I'm one of them that was really, you know, striper was the gateway, but blood good was a great was a great uh, uh, reminder that you can still be in a rock and roll band and be a Christian and be super cool, you know, and look cool, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, I'll go next. I I think like you said, never be the same. I love the chord parts and changes in the verse the verse is just wow like it's really just those chords really got me i love the chorus of let my people go evil runs wild like a long lost child it's amazing yeah but uh like you said man never be the same is is melodic yeah. uh if there mm-hmm. was any justice in the world at the time that song could have been a huge hit on the radio like that to me was like like she's yeah. gone is the ballad and it's, you know, it's got the piano, but that never be the same. Like you like Motley Crue, you like rat, you like Europe or whatever was hot at the time. This song fits right in with that from a melody and, and hook standpoint for me. What do you think head? You know, I just want to uh, thank you guys for including me on this because last night I had my dock in fix. And, uh, <laughs> nice. It's just, it's been a long time and I don't know. It just, I'm on Dio after this call. I'm Amazing. A, yeah. Amazing. So I just, uh, yeah, I appreciate the, the memories going back. But I like both of these songs. Uh, Let My People Go it's got, it does have more of a, the bluesy feel again. And that, uh, you know, the Europe song, Final Countdown, it reminded me of the, yeah, just uh, the timing on the, on, the, on the solo thing that they did. And come on, Les, the 335 scream should have, should have put this in the winning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yep. But I back that. Yeah. But I have to go with with never because I, I love how the verse the verses are different. It's like there's like a B verse where he says, I yeah. need your guiding light. And I love how that it's very melodic and moving. And yep. the chorus makes me feel of like a just like like a journey. Yeah, good call. Feel of the chorus. Very melodic. Dude, I wrote that. That's exactly nice. what I wrote. I was like, oh, not really? a, yeah, I wrote that. I was like, this has a journeyish feel. And I was like, this, that's a compliment. I wrote those exact yeah, words. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Huge compliment. Cause that goes to uh, Chris's comments that it could have been a big radio hit. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was a big hit. And then as a guitar player, you know, the solo is amazing. The, the whammy yeah. bar used sparingly, but then there's double harmony and, yeah. and the finger tapping and all that. So, and I love the the harmony vocals at the end were very cool. So that song, that song wins for sure with my vote. Cool. What do you think, Howard? Both songs are great. But yeah, it's never be the same. All the music drops out. You get to hear all the harmonies. Yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> we're done. Conversation stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'll say too that that you had two great guitar players here between David Severo and Paul Jackson. The uh, fact that you were able to yeah. get Paul yeah. to step in after David left because David is one of those guitar wizards, but Paul Jackson is as well. So both guys put in some great work on both these records. Yes, they did. Now we go to the presence versus America. Uh, Howard, why don't you continue? This one was hard. That was a hard one because they're both good. They and different songs 
and I, I literally erased which one I was going with until and I just, and even now I'm like, I'm kind of doubting my choice. <laughs> oh, hold on, I, I got. I'm gonna go with the presents. I, I yeah. Because I kept flipping back and forth. I'm going with the presence. It has it. There's a melancholy in it. And that's, I like that. Mm-hmm. It just, it, mm-hmm. it's just kind of late, that laid back feeling to it. And I, I like when you get to explore some of the, your lower register. So yeah. yeah, for me, that song did it for me. Cool. Even though I will change my mind. as, soon as yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Brian? I have to go with the presence as well. America, I love the vocal range, and uh, it's just uh, the speed of it, you know? It's like that pre-thrash, angry, I don't know, just that, that intensity, I guess you could say. And the uh, chorus melodies are cool, but the presence had that just that great opening riff and the acoustic coming in, blending in, coming back in, repeating and everything. And I did like the lower range that Les had. It's different from the other songs. Yeah. And... And I didn't expect the chorus to go that direction. Mm. So I thought that was cool. It was just, you know, you, you think you think a song's going in one direction. And I, I thought the chorus was a cool, unique direction to take. So I went with that. What do you say, Les? I would say in the presence. It was sort of a departure from most things that we'd ever done before. And melodically, it's, it's a, a David Sefiro song. He wrote the whole thing. And I just enjoyed learning his melody and and then it became uh for me as a singer it was just so much fun to sing that song it was just uh i felt very real in myself and i gotta say that sometimes and you guys can relate to this but sometimes you feel like you're doing a character in a song Mm -hmm. especially a metal song is maybe not really your comfort zone it really doesn't you know you're you're jumping through all the hoops, you're doing all the stuff, and you're making it go, wow, the kids are going, wow, this guy can do that. But in the presence, it's just heartfelt and just more, I was singing more than screaming and yelling and rocking, right. you know. So I really enjoyed that song. And I love listening to it. There's feeling in it. There's yeah. real feeling in it. I love that. It's like, oh, there's, it's a mood. It's that song has a mood. Nice groove. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be the, the the stick in the mud on this one. I'm going with America. I think it's one of my all-time favorite Blood Good songs. The riff. I love the acapella. Uh, America, the, the beautiful that Les sings. God shed his grace on me, whatever that song is. When I first heard The Presence, keep in mind, it's 1989. I'm 18 years old. I remember thinking, like, this song doesn't have didn't have any balls like I just didn't like it <laughs> I love it now I love it now but when I first yeah. heard it I was like okay shaking is cool and never be the same is cool okay here's the first stinker of of, of the record right <laughs> but but like I said now I love it like all the things you guys said are right there's a great mood to it uh, a great mi- middle section but America like oh my gosh it's heavy metal man uh, with once again, <laughs> yeah, amazing lyrics. If God, you had trusted, your eagle would fly. I love that line. That's and this is an eighteen-year-old kid, nineteen-year-old kid in college. I'm moving away from home. All of those lyrics gave me some motivation and inspiration. For some reason, I just loved what, what Les was singing on that track. So uh, great solo too, and I, a double bass. Yeah. Like it's it's and when you guys played it on the rock theater. 
it's one of my favorites uh, highlights of that too. So um, I'm going with America. Great breakdown too. And once again, Brian mentioned Les's scream on a previous tune. His scream right before the solo is just like classic Carlson yep. and so good. all right so good I, I love the lyrics to america yeah I, I loved what we were saying and it still seems so relevant today yeah good call and uh, uh by the way a, a group called vultures gathering did a cover of america which is pretty oh. amazing wow pretty amazing it's like, ah, you know it's uh it's <laughs> way cool. more gravelly than me and i'm pretty gravelly <laughs> You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door. So no more last minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, let's go on to uh, what have I done versus it's all right. This one was interesting for me. Uh, Howard, why don't you start off? Yeah, and definitely interesting. Like it's all right that it, it had more of a middle of the road feel. What have I done? No courses like that one. It's just different. I was actually wanting to know how you like where you came up with that melody. It's just a departure. And yeah, by the way, that's that's the song I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, love yeah. it. But yeah, because it's just so, it doesn't sound like any other song of yours that I've heard. Yeah, well, that song was, I think it, Michael wrote that song. And I love that song as well. That was sort of our white snake yeah. thing. And I got to use the lower range. Yeah. Yep. And then the higher range and what have I done. And, uh, you know, usually what would happen, Michael would come and he would kind of scratch out those melodies and then I'd kind of sing them in my range and put them to where they are. But it was definitely his song and he wrote the melody. He probably showed it to me an octave lower (laughs) and then I just did my thing to it. But I love singing the song. Basically, it was about Peter betraying Jesus. But uh, you wouldn't know that in the lyric, but that's what Michael said it was about. That's what I was thinking yeah. Why don't you continue, Les? Which ones, ones do you choose out between It's All Right and What Have I Done? What Have I Done? Hands down. It's All Right was a combination of a song that I'd written when I was 18 years old. And we were jamming. I think Kevin came in with some sort of an idea with that line, which I do love that. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, I, that was like, oh, yeah. 
And uh, so I just, yeah, I, I infused this song that I'd written called bad credit, which is on some of my other albums. I don't know. I'm, I probably recorded that thing three times, but um, yeah, it, it was just a riff song, you know, that was credited to the whole band writing. It was one of those jam things, but I think, what have I done? Yeah. Well, what have I done? It reminds me, Howard mentioned White Snake. It reminds me of Is This Love by White Snake, both in vibe, tempo, and mm. like you mentioned, singing in Les's lower range, which is Les has a great high voice, but his lower range yep. is good too. And it's one of those songs, it reminds me of the way you sang it, Les. You can tell that you have Broadway theater experience, which you obviously have had. Les was in one of the original uh, casts of hair in the early seventies. I really feel that like you played this character of, you said Peter, like I felt you were Peter. It reminded me of like, like, like any lyric Bond Scott ever sang like those lascivious lyrics. I, I believed it. Cause Bond just sounded like a pirate when he would sing these words. <laughs> like he, everything he sings like, dude, I, he's there. And Les yeah. reminds me of that. Probably the first time you've ever been compared to Bon Scott. But uh reminds me of that. Like, I really feel that it's not Les Carlson singing. It's Peter. What have I done? You know, it, it's just, what have I done? And like, ah, what did I do? It really, uh, it, it's it's another one of those songs that has grown on me over the years to when I was listening to these records to kind of prep up for it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a winner. That's a winner. It's All Right is cool. Awesome. Like you said, to me, It's All Right is a fourth song on side one. Yeah. Of a nine track yeah. album. It's like, ah, it's cool. Put yeah. it on there and we'll play it live once or twice. And it's got a good vibe, but it's, you know. Yeah, it, it, you'll definitely move to it. It'll definitely, it, it's got a cool vibe, but in comparison, yeah, it, yeah. it's a, a whole different story. What do you think, Head? Wow. Well, I'll never listen to Bon Scott the same. I've never heard that. <laughs> now that I've He's said it, you're going to hear what I'm saying. You're going to hear what I'm saying. Oh, too. I'm going to hear the pirate every time. Thank you for that visual. <laughs> Anyway, uh, okay, it's all right. I love the opening riff, very unique. Verse B was very cool, different than the rest. And then the cool ending breakdown to go out. What have I done? Again, I feel like it could have been an 80s on 80s pop radio. Uh, it sounded like a hit to me. Big time. You know, that opening music part holds up with mainstream hits. And then I got a scream at 333. <laughs> Again, I wrote down the screams because I like I love screams. <laughs> so, and the the fade scream it reminded me of you guessed it. It was a little docking like, so I was like, yes, <laughs> I love me some docking. Now I I did put that these songs were tied for some reason, but if I have to choose, what have I done? Of course, I'll be with the. That, I mean, it's just obvious, you know. But I really I I liked. I liked It's All Right, I think, more than you guys. I think, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed that track, so. Yeah, I love the riff in that. I just love yeah. the feel and the riff. Yeah, it's nice and chunky. I, I do like it. And it's like, you can hear that song, like, playing in the bar. It's like, yeah. it's yeah. it's that song, but just What Have I Done has, like, it, it's got emotion that that It's All Right does not. Right. It's a brilliant song. Michael did a great job with that. All right, here, here we go with possibly my hardest uh hardest task if you will of uh heaven on earth versus top of the mountain um like dude this is this is one of the, the things about the classic album clash like i love doing this but like i hate this one 
because both yeah. of those songs are all-time blood good classics for different reasons heaven on earth is a riff song it's a great riff that I can even play on guitar, so it's not super hard. Those riffs are always the ah. best ones. Like it's, it's like two minutes to midnight or something. Great chorus, top of the mountain, man. It is an epic. It, actually, River. Les mentioned his song River on his new solo record. Reminds me of Top of the Mountain. It's just this epic tune where it starts slow and it's going to be a ballad, but then it kicks in and you just like you literally want to climb a mountain when you hear it. And now that I'm talking about it, like. There's no, there's no, it's hard, but Top of the Mountain wins. It's, it's top five blood good songs for me. Um, you know, I will fly on the wings of the wind just to be with you. Like once again, these great majestic lyrics of, it could be about God. It could be about a, a woman. It could be about a dream that you have. Like it's just climbing to the top of the mountain in your life. Like right. very inspirational. What a great tune, man. Like. One of the all-time great tunes for me in my life. On the soundtrack of my life, this one is 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 right right up there. Wow. What do you think, Brian? Okay, so I heard that too. This just like a little influence on Two Minutes to Midnight because Iron Maiden, Chris, was my it was uh, ACDC, Ozzy, and Iron yeah. Maiden when I was a kid. I'm with you. That was it. So I love that song. Um, I love the lyrics. Arpeggio sweep on the solo. I love that as being a guitar player. <laughs> and the acoustic instrumental part over the band is very melodic. I love when I, I love the acoustic work that I don't I don't know which it's Paul Jackson. Okay, okay, yeah. But throughout both albums, there's I love the acoustic work that's blended in to the good call. Sometimes you know yep. with the with the heavy guitars, and I love the abrupt ending on Heaven on Earth with the fuzzy distorted guitar chord. Very cool. Just. Brrr. And uh, top of the mountain, though, I had to choose. Um, I'm a sucker for a ballad, especially back in the 80s. Um, but it's, it started out like that. But then the chorus got bigger than I thought it would. And after the solo section with the repeat snare is badass. And I also have another 333 screen. <laughs> There's a pattern here. <laughs> Wait. So I thought, did I, did I mistype that? From the other song, I'm going to go back when we hang up and make sure that it's at, because that's crazy if it's at the same exact time, you know, but uh, might have been a mistake. Yeah. So yeah, Top of the Mountain, definitely for that one. What are your thoughts, Les? Top of the Mountain is, is a, it's a classic ballad for sure. I like everything about it. To me, it was sort of, uh, you know, it was kind of like when I got born again. I mean, it's, it's about a change in my life. I mean, it's like, you know. I was running from God and then he just kind of knocked on my door. You know, he just kept after me. So, I mean, it meant a lot to me spiritually. And of course I liked the melody and that was a song that Paul and I wrote. I wrote the melody and lyrics, but um, Paul did the music. Heaven on earth has some lyrics that I'm very proud of, you know, how the, the lines come alive with, you know, you come alive with every line I read. Your heaven on earth, talking about Jesus, you know. So, so lyrically, I like that. And again, it's a bluesy rock kind of thing, which I love to sing. But I would have to say, uh, top of the mountain. It's one of the biggest blood good uh, hits ever. I think probably been played more than anything. So I would say top of the mountain. 
and that scream and the scream at 333. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> what do you got, Howard? Yeah. And as you said, tough one, real tough one, because they're both amazing. But yeah, top of the mountain. You get some good harmonies in there. Yeah, you're you're just leading me to the water. So once I start hearing that in the chorus, it just, that chorus is money. It mm, is come on. money. Uh -huh. So yeah, top of the mountain. Well, I'd love you to cover it. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, that is a thought. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'll do the low harmony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We go to side two now, uh, do or die versus, hey, you. Howard, why don't you continue? Bam. Okay. Definitely a little harder to choose which one. I could kind of go with either one. Hey, you's got awesome riff. And do or die is just fun. Yeah. It's just fun to listen to. Do or die. This is what sucks because you can't just go into this like, I'm definite with this. Right. It's like, as you're saying it, it's like, yeah, you know, you're jamming out to that part of your way. So, <laughs> do or die. I, I'm just going to say do or die or I'll him and haw here forever. <laughs> do or die. Okay. So for me, do or die is a little bit stock. The riff, bam, bam, bam. I was waiting for like, what's the next part of the riff? It's just a three, bam, bam, bam. Uh, once again, here, we need a fast song. Let's just do a double bass. It's a cool tune, but um, hey, you, I love the, I love the rip. Hey, and 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 yeah. once again, Les is calling you out. Like there's the famous moment on the rock theater where Yes is yelling, or Les is yelling at some guy in the front row. You chicken! He calls him at you chicken. He says to some guy, "That's what I feel like." He's saying, "Hey, you! You better get your shit together and you know get with God, man." You know that was kind of what I was feeling with that one. So I'm gonna go with oh, Hey man. You. Yeah. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's quick quickly tell us why were you calling that guy a chicken? What was he doing to you? Okay, well, <laughs> well first of all, the song was the song was uh, from Detonation. Uh, Share the bread and living water. Yeah, he was, he was from that the song. Of Eat the flesh. Eat the flesh. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I called him a chicken because he was down front while we were singing this wonderful thing about Jesus, and he was flipping us off. <laughs> And then he was then he then he was plugging his ears when I was singing "Share the Blood and Living Water." So he's plugging his ears to the Word of God, and I thought to myself, "You're just a chicken." Yeah, you know you you can't even you can't even come in and listen to the Word of God without covering your ears because you got no guts. All you can do is flip us off and spit at us. You know. I, I had that last night. Uh, we were in uh, uh, Milwaukee. It was just, we were at the rave. You guys have played there, the Eagles Ballroom Rave. Oh, oh, yeah. Full house. It was great. And right at the front, there's some guy just giving me the finger. I'm like, why did you, why did you come to our show, go all the way to the front, <laughs> wait for the first 10 songs, and then just start giving me the finger? Like, it's like going to a restaurant. Why would you give Chris Jericho <laughs> the finger? Yeah. Are you crazy? Why? I'm going to yell at you. Why would you get to the front of the room? Like, this place is packed. You obviously had to wheeze your way up there just to give me the finger. Like, just cuss, yeah. cuss me out on Twitter. It's much easier for you. Yeah. It's <laughs> you like, you already yeah. gave money. Is that taxes? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> right. it's, it's somehow he wants to be a part of your life. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm talking about it. So, yeah. It's yeah. like, ah. 
So it's the one guy. The guy in Milwaukee that gave me the finger you're getting talked about the next day. So mission accomplished. Yeah. We're going to write a song about yeah. it and do a trio. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. Um, so, Les, what, uh, <laughs> do you or die and hey, you, what do you think? Well, hey, you um, had a lot of – I liked hey, you. Michael and I wrote that together. I liked it. I liked the lyric content. You know, in, in rock theater, we had the prostitutes. Yeah. You know, in the street. And uh, I was the street guy, evangelistic guy going – you know, hey, this stuff, this lifestyle is not going to, it's not going to be good for you. You know, basically it's like, hey, you like wake up. Cause if you're in a metal band and you're a Christian, you can be kind of bold about the gospel. I mean, you should be that way no matter what you do, but it was a song that it was very bold, very street. Uh, Jesus is the way kind of thing. And if you're not listening, you need to. And it was in their face. And I like that. Do or Die was another warning, but it was like, uh, it was um, uh, kind of like the It's All Right thing. It was mm. just a good, good song. And it's fairly short. <laughs> hey, you gives me more visual. <laughs> and I like theatrics. And so there you go. I'm going with that. Ryan? Okay. I first have to mention that I could beat your uh, flipping you off in the front row story real quick. Okay. okay. <laughs> Greg Laurie, the star or the, you know, the Jesus Revolution, the movie's about him. Um, after his son died, he took a trip on his Harley, came to see us at uh, uh, the biker rally. I forget what it's called. The, the, have all these bands playing every year. And uh, we go, and Greg meets us out there. He comes to our show. He's sitting by the guitar setup. And the first song comes on. And I'm already nervous because he's Pastor Greg Laurie, you know. And this lady, like 75 year old lady, decides to take her shirt off because she's a biker <laughs> and just right in front of Greg Laurie. And I'm just like, that's never happened until Greg Lord comes to the show. But yeah. it was a bike. It was a biker rally, so um, you got exactly. you got to expect it. Okay, back to the back to back, back to the, the program. Hand. Okay, here we go. So, do or die, cool, faster paced driving song, you know. But it was honestly my least favorite. So I'm going with "Hey You." I. I like the uh, living, it had a living color kind of groove oh, where my head good. was going. Good call. You know what I mean? Yeah, good I get that. And the, the solo got me with the whammy bar and the, you know, the double harmony. And you guessed it, the high screams after the solo. <laughs> At you know? 333. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, on on your way to hell, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But I, I love the groove of it. That got me. Uh, choosing it, I believe. Awesome. Now we go to um, the song that Les mentioned was a minor radio hit, She's Gone, versus Mad Dog World. I will I will go first. Uh, She's Gone, by the way, which features Joyce Carlson in the uh, uh, rock theater show where she has the stage knife and slices her wrists and there's blood everywhere and yeah. very theatric. So I'm assuming this is about somebody committing suicide or something along those lines. I'm sure you can fill us in less when, when you talk about the tune. I think it's a good tune. Unlike Brian, I'm not a sucker for a good ballad. Mad Dog World, though, it's one of those, it's probably my least favorite tune maybe on Out of the Darkness. I don't really even remember how it goes, although I do. So I'm going to go with She's Gone because it's got a great chorus and once again, very epic. Like Les said, it was a minor hit on radio. It could have been a major hit on the radio. One thing that always bothered me about it, though, was She's Gone and that little piano part. Bing, 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 bing. It like gets in my head like an earworm, but it's just like drilling in my head. <laughs> bing, bing. That's I all I can hear. Oh, here it comes. Bing, bing. If it, loved it. 
if it's a drinking game and you took a drink every time you heard that, you'd be loaded about a minute <laughs> in. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do a contest with that one. <laughs> Unless once you uh, once you, you you follow up on that, okay. So the bing bing that was uh, the producer. That was, that was Terry Shelton that played that. The song has got a, a mood to to it. It's sort of sad but beautiful at the same time, and it's almost haunting. That little bing bing is almost haunting. Yeah, very haunting. He may have overdone it. I don't. I'd have to. Think about that. Um, <laughs> Don't listen to him. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's gone. Uh, that was a, a David Safiro Les Carlson song. I, I love the guitar sounds in it. Really? Oh, my gosh. It just and, – and his solo reminded me of Queen, mm. Brian May. Is that – yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brian May. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I really just love the song, you know, just the sound of it. And then you got Mad Dog World, right? Oh, yeah, right. We haven't talked about oh, yeah. that. Okay, so they're so far apart in yeah. the way they sound. Now, I got to say this about Mad Dog World. Joyce wrote that song originally, Mad Dog World, with different lyrics and different feel. It's amazing. We discovered it the other day looking through stuff when her and I were working together. And we had taken that song and Mike got in with us. We wanted to make it metal and we changed lyrics and changed the chorus. Uh, but you really should hear Joyce's version of that song because it's killer. So she wrote it with originally and then Mike and I butchered it. I mean, we changed it. <laughs> and so that's the truth there. But I would go with She's Gone. How about you, Brian? I love the, the title and I love the concept of Mad Dog World. I would say my favorite part was the bass and vocal breakdown mm. after the solo. It's really cool. But I chose She's Gone. I just love the clean guitar melody. And when the solo starts, it has that walk down with the chords. I don't know. It reminds me of the Beatles or something, but mm. it's just really cool. So, yeah, I, I chose that. She's Gone. Howard? Mad Dog World? I I definitely remember the riff. It's sticks in your head. It definitely sticks in your head. However, She's Gone, probably my favorite Blood Good song. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Just to me, that song just does no wrong. I remember the first time I had heard it, and it was like, okay, this is ballad, breakup song. Like, oh, no, this girl's dead. <laughs> oh, this is actually cooler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not that she's dead, but the idea. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so yeah. it's like no disrespect. You know, this is a real person, but I love this song. Yeah. That song just got repeated over and over. And what's great is that I sank right back into that, where it's like, you know, just going back into listening to the albums, listening to She's Gone. Next thing you know, I'd listen to it five straight times. I'm like, mm -hmm. yep, song still hits. That's great. Awesome. That's it. All right. Uh, we go to uh, maybe my favorite song out of all of them. The World Keeps Moving Around uh, versus Changing Me. I love The World Keeps Moving Around. Like, love this song. The opening drum beat with that acoustic guitar, <laughs> which we find out in the, uh, in the movie that Terry Shelton played it because... David couldn't nail it the way he wanted it to. The acoustic part there, and maybe Brian can shed some light on it when you talk about it. It's really 
proggy and it's almost like it reminds me of Alex Lifeson, like the trees or something like this. Like it's a very rush 70s type acoustic riff. Just when it kicks in, the solo is great. The breakdown is great. The chorus is huge. I just love this song. Changing Me is cool. It's it's a ballad. You know, it's kind of a little bit stock, but whatever. But I, I wouldn't care <laughs> if it was like Eat the Flesh or, or, or Holy Fire. This song to me is a blood good classic. If someone said, what does blood good sound like? I might play Holy Fire for a heavy song and play this one as more of a pop sensibility type tune. So... If I had three thumbs, I'd put them all up for The World Keeps Moving Around. Mm. What do you think, Howard? This one was the hardest one for me. Wow. You love ballads, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a stinger. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Howard Jones. a career on that stuff. (laughs) 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 No, that's the stuff that speaks to me, man. But yeah, yeah, these songs, I mean, both of them, fantastic, easy to listen to, literally tight. I could not choose one. Wow. And after a while, I just refused to try. So to me, they are both tie. awesome. I've got, that's my own, that is my only real tie for these two songs. That might be the first in classic album clash history where we have a tie, but I'll let it stand. I'll let it stand. Yeah, I couldn't decide. I will sit here and spin forever because I could not decide. So I literally wrote it down. I'm like, this is a tie. I'm sticking with that. All right. All right. What do you got, Head? Okay. I can break Howard's tie right now. Do it. Because there is a 15-second scream. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> on changing me. I counted it twice. I wrote that down, too. 15 seconds. That should break that tie right now. <laughs> it's so sustained. It goes for so long. Yes. And, but I, I love the world. I love the acoustic guitar over the entire song, just like Chris was saying. It's got that rush feel. Yep. Even when it's not very present, you can hear it. It's chimey, like in the background. And I just thought that was very unique. And different from the rest of the Blood Good songs that I listened to. Yeah. But I chose Changing Me. I related to the lyrics personally. You know what, Les? On that song, I discovered how seamlessly you change from your regular voice to falsetto. It's just like, yeah, it just blends into each different style so seem, seemingly, Leslie, whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. Seam- seamlessly. Seamlessly. My ears yep. just came out. So... I have to say, changing me for sure. Quick, quick story. When you said the falsetto, I remember when we went and saw Blood Good at uh, the Saints Roller Rink. There's a guy called Larry Classen, and we, he went to the show too. And he was like, Les Carlson's falsetto is amazing. And I didn't know what falsetto meant. Like, what does that mean? It's like when he sings super high, like, you mean like Bruce Dickinson? No, no, no. Like, he sings in a different voice. So that's the first time I ever heard and, and learned what falsetto was was thanks to Larry Klassen discussing Les Carlson from the Saints Roller Rink. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's what's great. Yeah, like your yeah. falsetto, your regular singing voice, and then you go in lower register. It's You have distinct different characteristics with your, the way your voice sounds, and it's yeah. awesome because with these two albums, you get to hear all of that. Yep. You know that on a piano, 
if you're playing a mid-range note, it sounds this way, but you go up those high notes, I mean, they sound different. So those notes are just high. They, they can't sound full and dark. They're high. Right, right. They call them falsetto, but they're not false. They're real. I mean, they're just <laughs> real set high notes. <laughs> Howard, you're, you're uh, like, you're in there too. You got that stuff. But going. you can't, like, you can't, if, like, if I do it, uh, you're going to hear me switch to falsetto. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear your switch. It just, go it blends yeah. right in it's yeah. an it, it's a gift yep yeah thank you thank yep. you very much howard you have that as well so uh, <laughs> hey so yes howard and by yes. the way chris you're kicking butt Man. He's a natural too, man. I'm just a belter though. I, I can't sing like you guys can. I'm just a belter, which is, I'm happy with that. Uh, but listening to Les and Howard, dude, you guys are next level singers. Yeah. Like, while we're, you know, while we're patting each other in the back here. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know this is getting weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bro session. It's a bromance. What's the name of that Howard Jones song? Uh, oh, 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 you got to cover Things that, dude. Only get better, You're going to have a hit in 2023 uh, with the Howard Jones version of the Howard Jones hit from 1983. I'm telling you. That would be amazing. Just heavy, heavy, heavy. It's a no-brainer, man. Seriously, make it heavy. That it, it kind of makes Good sense. Good idea. Howard Jones <laughs> sings Howard Jones. It writes itself. Yep. Man, we're coming up with a lot of great ideas. <laughs> we <laughs> <are>. <laughs> What, what, do you, what do you think between the two between the two songs, Les? Okay, so both of those songs were written before Bloodgood hmm. in my earlier life when I was not a Christian, and then so I changed some choruses and stuff in them with Bloodgood. Huh. The world keeps turning around. Uh, that is uh, lyrically for me. Uh, I really I'm proud of those lyrics because it's you know it just does this thing lyrically for me that i really like changing me it's a sweet sounded ballad and it reminds me of all along the watchtower when, mm. it, when it you know mm. good call man and it just rolls and rolls and keeps going and see i don't know because i like both personally i like both of those songs as a writer and i like my performance on both songs dude can i have a tie <laughs> I, I, th I, th I think uh, Brian made a great point. The 15 second scream would probably tip the scales. Come on. If you had to have a time. That really is a good point. Okay. Yeah, that, that scream that I went out and got some coffee and came back and I was still screaming, you know. Uh, I just hit that note. The sustain. You can go have a, you have a bite, you come back, it's still, it's still sustained. It's still That's right. One. It's still sustained. Don't even look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go with changing me. I'm good. I'm going to edit in the Jeopardy theme right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Please do. We move on to the, uh, the, the album closer, new age illusion versus seven. Uh, head. Why don't you start? All right. Seven was very cool. Great ending track with the piano and the, I love the solo cause it was different. It had more of a, a bluesy feel, maybe a Stevie Ray tone. I don't know a little bit in that direction. I chose New Age Illusion because, ladies and gentlemen, Dawkins, it had that Dawkins-like riff, and I just, I don't know, I love the, I don't know what it's called, diminished, whatever, I don't, I'm, I'm not good with that kind of stuff. I play more by ear, but I loved the opening riff. When Korn started, we didn't, we chose not to do solos just because every band back in the 80s, they would go from the second chorus, and you're on your way. 
into the solo. <laughs> so we want to do some, a different musical part instead of solos. But I like the New Age illusion because it had those, it did something different. It had the, the, the music breaks when the solo started. So I was like, see, that's cool to yeah. do something different, you know, instead of just the guitar player, go spotlight on the guitar player shredding, you know? Yeah. It's like, let's do something with the band that's uh, a little bit different. So I like that. So I chose uh, New Age Illusion as my favorite ending track. Howard, what do you got, bud? Yeah, that one was a tough one, too. Uh, New Age Illusion, it, it's just, it's got that drive. It's got, it's just got a good feel to it. Even though Seven is just, fun storytelling and it's kind of dark yeah i probably listen to it more than new age illusion but i think i'm choosing new age illusion i think new age illusion is is a great way to end a record it reminds me of like black snake for example or live wire blood good always had great last tracks on the record yeah but seven to me is a completely different animal i remember when i first heard this i didn't understand it at first because it starts out this heavy, dark piano ballad. And I was like, okay, so another ballad. And then it just kicks in yeah. with that bass line. Michael Bloodgood would do these really cool little little runs. <laughs> All it is is like, boom, 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 and it's just like, wow. And then it ends with, God gave Jesus a, rev- a revelation and the, Lord sent his, and the Lord sent his message to John. I'm probably getting that a little wrong. With this chorus, and it's like, these, like, a, like a children's choir or something. I'm a huge fan of Prague yeah. because obviously Maiden is Prague, Rush is Prague, Metallica is, has Prague elements, big dream theater fan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is like a Prague song where you don't know where it's going and it's got, it's almost like Band on the Run, another great Prague song by, by Wings. Three separate sections that you put together and it just works. Yep. Piano ballad, bass, bon, bon, and then this amazing outro to where like it's a, another all-time classic blood good tune and it's just completely out of left field for me. New Age Illusion, if it was up against Livewire, I would take New Age Illusion. If it was up against Black Snake, I'd take New Age Illusion. Jesus, calling Jesus, look what he's done for me. But Seven, man, I want to know, what were you thinking when you wrote this, Les? I mean, this, I'm assuming you, you probably had a hand in writing it, but yeah. I'll, I'll let you kind of take over here. But for me, Seven is top of the pops. Yeah, it, it really is cool storytelling. Yeah, where'd this come from? Yeah. The Book of Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it came from. But just the musical parts, though. How did you piece this all together? Well, the, that opening melody line, the lyric pretty much came out of scripture there. And I just sort of sang that melody line and had it arranged uh, with piano. And then the idea of that, that marching feel or whatever in the lyrics from the yeah. number of number of whatever i got to look at the number of churches the number of number of yeah, churches yeah. yeah uh that's from the book of revelation so i believe that that song came with paul jackson may have given me a musical track not the opening part with the ballad section but the sort of uh just he gave me a groove yeah and i just took that groove and then i looked for content and how i was going to do it and came up with seven the lyrics which are from Revelation. Michael's bass line in there is just Amazing, classic. Yeah. I mean, I, I get chills every time I hear that bass line. It's, it's perfect. Super heavy. Oh, and it's just so appropriate with it. And then the uh, the guitar solo is my absolute yeah. favorite David Zafiro 
tasty yeah. guitar player, slinky, cool, you know, I'm not trying to do this. It just is happening kind of thing. Just, I love the solo. And then this song also fits with the chorus and the melody lines with the same chords. They, they kind of work. Most of the players get a little confused as to when in the changes or the, the number of times it's done. So I like seven. I actually did write that, that uh, seven, that might be the best solo on both those albums. Yeah. I, I did like that solo. Yeah. New Age Illusion, to me, it's it's another big rocker kind of thing. There's more effort in singing that. It's more of like, I'm just blowing my guts out on it. Yeah. Because that's what you have to do with the uh, lyric listening to that and stuff it's not my not my favorite i like vagrant people and mm. killing the beast and but it's a great song obviously and a great way to end an album and then i had one problem with the with the lyric in saying something about the crystal cathedral yeah i never really wanted to ever say anything about any any brother or sister in christ except for jimmy swagger sorry bro <laughs> But you should have tightened up your Bible, Bill. Dude, at Crystal Cathedral, is that in Orange County? Well, it was, yeah. And and it was, uh, you know, it was one of those things that uh, may have been compared to some sort of New Age thinking or whatever. I don't know. Real quick, I spoke yeah. there once. I know. I was there. You were? What? I was. I was there. I was there when you were there. And it was the first time I ever had seen you. And... uh John Schlitt was there too. So listen, I was I, I walk in there, I had my book, and um, I'm sitting there telling God I shouldn't be here. I don't like this place. It's weird. They're in robes looking at me funny. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad. And, and then so I'm I'm complaining to God, and then the guy comes up to me in his robe and says, Denzel Washington was here last week, so I'm so glad you're here. And I was like, okay, if Denzel could come, then I could come. Yeah. But it was an odd place, definitely. <laughs> you know what? Had you were you had I think you had a tank top on, like a black tank top, and you had your hair like going out in, in all these directions. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> this is gonna shake them up, man. I, I wanted to shake them up with the tank top and the tattoos and stuff, so I kind of, I kind of was trying to be rebellious, but I was, I was very respectful to him. No, no, but it, see, and this is the essence of that song, and I gotta. That's why Michael, Michael wrote the lyrics, and Michael probably had those same sorts of feelings. It was just that I had that little conviction, but right, okay. And John Schlitt was there too that morning from Petra. Yeah, from Petra. Oh yeah. wow, he was there. And then I actually have a photograph of you and I, and I'll try and find it and send it to you. Please send it to me please. of that that's day. Amazing, you have to send it to me. <laughs> but that's it. That song was about the Crystal Cathedral. As a matter of fact, it says it right in the lyrics. Interesting. Wow. I'm, so I'm going to go over these two records after Dio today to, so I can cleanse <laughs> I need to cleanse my soul from after Dio <laughs> alright guys so uh, like we said both these albums are great records with a lot of great tunes but now we have to decide which one do we like better and I'll go first after talking through this once again Out of the Darkness is a, is a great record there's so many cool songs on it but to me Rock in a Hard Place really resonates uh, every tune with the exception of one or two but some just bangers and and Seven and the world keeps moving around. Maybe the, the best one-two punch of closing songs 
besides Power Slave and Rhyme with the Ancient Mariner <laughs> ever. <laughs> Just a great, a great record for me. And I still, I didn't have to go back and listen to these records because I hadn't heard them for a while. I listened to them quite often, but I listened to Rock and Hard Place probably more. And it's my second favorite Blood Good record behind Detonation. What do you think, Howard? I went into this thinking that I liked Out of the Darkness better. I was very wrong. <laughs> very wrong. I already knew. You know, She's Gone, definitely a favorite song. But I maybe it was that time when you know I kind of discovered them. Like, I really discovered them in Out of the Darkness. But my choice is definitely Rock and a Hard Place. Yeah, that's my album. Head? Okay, so God says that he doesn't judge... Or man judges the outside appearance, but the Lord judges the heart. I judge the outside appearance of out of darkness. I was like, I don't like that that art. I do not like it. And then I started listening to the record, and I'm like, about halfway through it, I started to love out of the darkness. And I told you guys before, I chose these songs, and I had a tie in the middle, but I broke the tie as we talked about it. What have I done? One out of It's All Right. And so... I'm going to have to go with Rockin' the Hard Place, only by a little smidge, though. <laughs> That's great. It really turned around on me. Out of the Darkness really turned around on me. I did I did not like that art at all, but it just, you know what? Out, uh, Rockin' the Hard Place sounded more modern to me, but again, Out of the Darkness grew on me. But it just, it just barely, Les, just barely. Les, take it home, man. Okay. I love Rockin' the Hard Place. I really do. And I love it for a lot more reasons than what we're talking about. It was the end of the, the original Blood Good Guys, you know. I mean, right. mm. I think that we hit some levels musically that was just good for us as players and as a band. It was just a great time. Ultimately, the songs on it, I just, I love the songs. Out of the Darkness was and is a great album. I've heard a lot of people say it's their favorite Blood Good album. But again, for me, it was, we hadn't been together with Paul and Kevin very long. And so it was Michael and I who were, you know, the blood good guys. And we had Kevin and, and Paul and they did phenomenal jobs. But that the remembrance of it was we were, we were just getting to know those guys. Yeah. You know, in that process. Mm. So I might be because of that leaning towards rock and a hard place, but. I mean, just as a guy, I would say, as a writer and as a guy, I would say I like Rock and a Hard Place better. I would choose to hear that over Out of the Darkness, but I love both albums, too. So I don't know. Does that make any sense, guys? It does make sense, yeah. of course. <laughs> yes, it does. It sounded like me. It sounded confusing like me. Like, I love, I love them both. Yeah. As musicians, it's always hard to choose your favorite because they're all our children. Every song is a child. Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to analyze your own work, but it's been great having you to do that lesson. It's been great fellowshipping with you guys today. What an awesome experience this was. It was fun. And there's some great, awesome. great music to hear. And once again, Les's new record, He's Coming, is a great continuation of all this music. So if you like this show... Go and listen to all the records, and we guarantee that you're going to uh, get a lot out of it, not just from a musical standpoint, but lyrically as well. So thank you, guys. It's been amazing. Thank you, Chris. This was awesome. Thank yeah. you, Howard. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Very fun. This was great. 